The following is audio from The Refuge Church. Every sermon is an invitation to understand, obey, and enjoy God. More information about The Refuge Church is available at therefugechurch.us. So today we are <clears throat> continuing on in our kingdom series. Before that, though, um, what we're going to do is I'm going to share a little bit about um, an experience we had last night at the, the uh, Hope Gala, and then I'm going to read you a prayer. The Coffee Oasis and Refuge Church, once upon a time, the Refuge Church was nothing more than a, a group of people meeting in the living room and uh, and then in time, as it, as it grew, um, you know, I, I talk about the significance of it moving from this, this circle where everyone's just looking at each other in the eyes and then it becomes a rectangle where everyone's looking at, at one person. And, and there's beauty in that, there's loss in that as it grows. But as the Refuge Church grew and the Coffee Oasis grew, unintentionally in many ways, they, they, they've kind of like grown apart and together and grown apart and together. And I just want you guys to know that the, the Refuge Church, like Coffee Oasis, one, wouldn't exist without the Refuge Church and the investment. This small and mighty body of believers has made uh, over the years and to the present day in the Coffee Oasis. Uh, and that is a huge, huge impact. The, the Refuge Church actually gives more than any other church in Kitsap or Pierce County to the, the work of the Coffee Oasis. A quarter of the budget of the Refuge Church goes towards supporting the Coffee Oasis. And the impact of that is, is huge. Uh, this, this year alone, from, from January 1 to the present, we've seen over 1,500 different youth come into one of the drop-in centers in Kitsap County alone. That's a drop-in center in, in Kingston, Paulsbo, Bremerton, and Port Orchard. Over 1,500 different youth have walked through the doors. <clears throat> that's, that's huge. Over 790 youth have been met on outreach on the streets of Kitsap County. That's, that's our, our team and volunteers going to parks and other places to, to meet with kids. And, and I shared this with about 350 people last night at the Hope Gala, that, that the whole mission of the Coffee Oasis, while we do all these social, social service programs, our heart boils down to these two things, which is our faith, which is that we've been loved by Jesus, and so we love in Jesus' name, right? And then the front lines, which means that, that we are constantly pushing to the places of hurt, going to the places of hurt, <clears throat> only because uh, we can unburden our hurts on Jesus, right? Our, our hurts we can take to him so we can constantly go to those places that are hurting. <clears throat> and I got to share this with a group of right, 350 people that came from all over the place, all walks of life, all creeds came, and, and because they've heard stories about what God has done through this thing called the Coffee Oasis. But I want you to know, as a Refuge Church, you play a significant role in that. Uh, one, one of the roles you play, among many, is you're a huge encouragement to some of the key directors of the Coffee Oasis. Right? I'm the executive director of Coffee Oasis. Pat Steele, who's another elder, is the youth program director of Coffee Oasis. Bryce Clark, his wife Molly was singing today. Bryce is our community development director. So, so these things are, are really intertwined and, and sometimes we don't, don't stop and just appreciate that. So 
you guys, whether you know it or not, are making a, a huge impact. And, and my hope, obviously it makes my life easier if they kind of work together, right? Uh, <laughs> but as we talked as elders about uh, the year to come and, and um, you know, we, we do strategic planning as elders and looking at the next year, one of the things we've talked a lot about as a church is how do we be a church of the city in increasing measure? And, and kind of the, the thing we kept coming back to was, man, we already, we already love, partner with, are a part of the life of the Coffee Oasis. Let's talk about that more and be that more. So, um, so I hope we'll see a lot more of that in, in the year to come. Um, so great night. You can watch the video. You can cry with us. All of us were crying. Um, <laughs> with that, I'm going to read us <clears throat> since our sermon today on the kingdom uh, is called The Kingdom in Daily Life. <clears throat> I want to read you from, if you have not read, bought, use uh, this book, Every Moment Holy, <clears throat> I would recommend it. Um, it everything from um, different vocations um, to starting a bonfire at night to the ritual of morning coffee, which is my favorite, um, they have these liturgies for daily life, and I thought this, this was appropriate to start our sermon on uh, the kingdom and daily life. Will you join with me for a liturgy of morning coffee? Meet me, O Christ, in the stillness of morning. Move me, O Spirit, to quiet my heart. Mend me, O Father, from yesterday's harms. From the discords of yesterday, resurrect my peace. From the discouragement of yesterday, resurrect my hope. From the weariness of yesterday, resurrect my strength. From the doubts of yesterday, resurrect my faith. From the wounds of yesterday, resurrect my love. Let me enter this new day aware of my need and awake to your grace, O Lord. Amen. Amen. You were made to be a part of something bigger than yourself, something bigger than any job or hobby or political party, even your own family. God made you first and foremost to be a part of his family and his kingdom. God's kingdom is your ultimate allegiance. And when you understand the good news of the kingdom and become a child of God, everything else finds its right and healthy place in your life. In the sermon series, we invite you to see the kingdom of God and submit yourself to the life-giving authority of Jesus. <clears throat> Submit yourself to the life-giving authority of Jesus. So today we're talking about what that looks like in our daily lives. Um, I wonder how each of you organizes your life. I am a sticky note guy. Yeah, Zachary, you're like, I just don't organize it at all. Yeah, um, that's probably the case of many of us. <laughs> But some of us attempt, you know, we're like, I got a lot going on. I also use notes on my phone, the little app that like will connect with my computer. And so I just, but honestly, it just begins piling. 
Um, other than sticky notes, any like old spare scrap of paper I fold in half and I write. And I just have these all over the place. And sometimes I pick it up and I think I'm like start trying to work off it. And I was like, oh, that was like two months ago. Uh, you know, but that still needs to get done. So we try so hard, right, to manage our lives, to manage the affairs of life in one way or another. And to this end, there's a lot of helps. There's books, there's podcasts. I'm an avid podcaster. I'm always looking for some life hack to do it a little better. This is the way we oftentimes try to succeed. Now, the big question of the day is, where does the kingdom of God fit on your list of priorities? And the the idea of the day is this. We will never achieve our full potential until our number one priority is God's kingdom. Where, do, where, is that, where does the kingdom of God fit on your, your list of priorities? And the reality is that we will not fulfill our lives, our calling, unless the kingdom of God is that thing that rises above the rest. Now, the scripture we're looking at today in, in Matthew 6 Um, Jesus is offering some helpful tools for our life. He's talking about some really basic things here. He's talking about money. He's talking about work. Uh, I use the word entertainment because it talks about like visually what we receive. And a lot of that for us is is entertainment, right? What we watch, what we interact with on our computer screens. Uh, He's talking about food, about clothes. These are the affairs of daily life, right? And this is what Jesus tackles here in this part of the Sermon on the Mount. And I believe this really is the key to understanding how the kingdom uh, infiltrates his overall things in our daily life. So if you have your Bibles, if you don't, download an app. Let that be what fills your eyes. Uh, Matthew 6 is where we're going to be at today. Matthew 6, verse 19, we're going to go through verse 34. As I mentioned, this is uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Uh, I I always love describing it as Jesus' kind of inaugural address to his ministry. And so if you think of a president giving an inaugural address, usually they're they're trying to communicate, this is my my goal for the time I'm in office. And that is exactly what the Sermon on the Mount is. Jesus is his first big sermon, and he is kind of outlining what his ministry on earth is going to be. And this is found smack dab in the middle. Uh, Matthew six, nineteen to 34. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven uh, where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. There we go. From where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, and if your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. If your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, body more than clothes? 
Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that even Solomon in all his splendor was not dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough troubles of its own. So your life, your daily life, Jesus um, breaks down into a couple categories here. Now, now this isn't like tackling everything comprehensively, but I want to walk you through the things he mentions and just ask you a couple questions to help prompt your thinking about these things. When he talks about money, I want you to consider this. Now, it might be a little convicting. It's just a question, okay? I'm not judging you. I'm just asking a question. What is your relationship to money? How do you use the money you are given? Does the way you use your money show that you love God and love your neighbor? If someone saw the receipts of how you spend your money, what would they learn about your life? Entertainment. What are images and ideas that you are taking in with your eyes? If someone spent a day looking through your eyes, what would they see? What would it look like to have healthy eyes, as it's described here? Work. What's your relationship to work? What motivates you to work? Are you a hard worker? Does your work reflect the goodness and skill of your creator? Food and clothing. What is your relationship to food and clothing? Do you think too much about your appearance? Do you enjoy food or do you obsess over food? Have you ever thought about how the way you dress or even what you eat could actually be a spiritual activity? Now, I just want to check in how we doing. I know that was a lot of, a lot of questions. It's <laughs> rapid succession. Now, Jesus shares all these things, and I, I think really intends for us to be asking these questions. <clears throat> the one that I think hits, hits me the most is like if someone were just like going through my receipts, like what would they learn about me? They would, they would learn a lot about me. Do I what I want them doing that? Right? would be like, okay, yeah, there was, I, I bought coffee again three times that day actually. You know? So like, what, what, would they, what would they see? Where would my investment be? This is, this is real. This is daily living. This is the kingdom in daily living. What we do really reflects what we value. It's not just what we think. We love it to be that way. Right? We, we love the exchange of ideas. 
even on Sunday morning, I fear that, that so many of us come to church simply looking for a new idea, and I hope you never get one here. I, I just want to be clear. I hope you don't get new ideas. I hope you just hear the same old school truth that Jesus died and rose from the grave, and that's what we're all about, right? But we often come looking for something new or it to be said in a new way, and that's not the point. The point of coming together is to, to meet God together, see him in his holiness, be full of fear of the Lord, and worship him, right? Worship him both in awe of him and in fear of him. That's the whole goal of coming together on Sunday morning. It's not like, okay, that was really cute. Oh, well, I never thought about it that way before. Yeah? Not the goal. The goal is, is really to meet with God, and, and I hope that's what you get. <laughs> like, if every time, sermons would take so long if every time I was like, this is going to stump them. But that, that isn't the hope of preaching. The hope of preaching is simply to point you to Jesus, and hopefully you, you see him, right? Now, <clears throat> Jesus shows us these things that are part of our daily lives, and then he says something that really should blow our minds, which is, don't worry about it. <laughs> and we're like, okay. Like, <laughs> you're like, you know, Jesus, I just started believing that maybe you like created everything, but I can't believe that I can't live a life without anxiety. Right? Like, I just started buying that maybe you rose from the dead, but, but honestly, raising from the dead is probably a smaller miracle than me living a life without anxiety. Right? That, that is the place fear and anxiety has in our lives. It's that thing that we just think is part and parcel of daily living, and Jesus says, it's not. If you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things, all these things aforementioned will be given unto you. <clears throat> now, this is hard to believe. So the question is, how? How does that simple seek first the kingdom and his righteousness equate to all these things? Because, man, the, the, all the things come to mind, right? Famines, persecution, all these. How, how will all those things be given to us if we simply do this? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. <clears throat> and, and the how is not something I have an answer to. I don't have an answer to how seven loaves and two fish fed 5,000 people, right? I don't have an answer to how the, like, it worked that the Red Sea parted. And I don't have an answer to how Jesus will show up in your life when it comes to your daily needs for food, for money, for clothing, what you take in, all those things in your life. I don't have an idea of how, but I am not embarrassed by saying, I want you to put your faith in him for those things. I'm not embarrassed to be confident that if we do that, God will figure out the how. His how will be made manifest in your life, and it will likely look different than the way he manifests that in my life. Right? Because it is not how, it really comes down to who, right? His kingdom. 
his righteousness. It's not these abstract kingdom righteousness. It's all about the who. It's all about his kingdom and his righteousness in your life. There are two ways to live. There are two ways to live. It's your way or it's God's way. That's it. And so that is, that is what the daily living advice <laughs> that Jesus is giving in the Sermon on the Mount is, is this. He's going, I'm just presenting you God's way. And let me show you how this works itself out. And that is what he takes us through in money. <clears throat> when he talks about not storing up for ourselves treasures on earth where, where it says uh, moth and vermin destroy. Vermin is such a visual word, right? Where moth and vermin destroy, where thieves can break in and steal. But he says store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. He's saying your investments should not be tied simply to earth. But your investments should be made in heaven. Because while your investments here on earth can be tampered with and taken away, nothing can touch treasures in heaven. Nothing can touch treasures in heaven. What can be stored in heaven? <clears throat> All we really know is souls. <laughs> like, we just know that. Like, you, you know like your baseball card collection not going with you. You know, Jake, if you're here, none of your, you know, savers, paraphernalia, none of that's going with you. But listen to this, Luke 16, 9. Such an interesting verse. I tell you, use your worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself so that when it's gone, you'll be welcomed into your eternal dwelling. It's a pretty simple verse. How should you use the possessions you have? Luke 16, 9 says... Use it to make friends. <laughs> and when you are done using everything you have to invite people into relationship with you and ultimately him, you'll be welcomed into your eternal dwelling. Nothing prepares your soul for heaven like using everything you have now to show people Jesus. And what it looks like to be in a relationship with someone who has staked their all on him. Right, that's it. That's what money is for. Entertainment. Now, this kind of reminds me of, you remember the children's song? I don't, uh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Uh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Because the Father up above is looking down in love, so be careful, little eyes, what you see. And, and I, it's such a good song, because it's not like, because the Father up above is looking down to judge you so much. Right? No, it's like, <laughs> that's how we, we treat it like. But, but he goes, no, because he's looking at you in love, right? So be careful what you see, because he's like, no, I want, I want good for you, right? I, I, because what you see matters. What you look at, what you take in with your eyes matters. We have souls that have been scarred by spiritual trauma because we have been careless with what we have watched, what we have looked at and what we have taken in. Our souls have received trauma from that. It matters what you watch. It matters what you scroll through. Regardless of what's on your social media feed, if you spend a lot of time scrolling on it, it literally, it would be equivalent to you just sitting on a couch drinking soft drinks. It's not good for you, right? It's not going to kill you immediately, but it will. 
<laughs> I mean, it could just be stupid cat videos. But that's your soul you're impacting. That's your time you're using. Like, I know there's a lot that's come out about social media. I'm, I'm not going to be that guy that's like, burn it, right? Like, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, it matters. It matters what you're looking, because that is, that is what you're taking in, right? And, and, and it is sobering what it says, if then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? If you are taking in stupid stuff all the time, your soul will be stupid. <laughs> it's just like that equals that, right? It's, just, it's simple. But so, <laughs> so many of us, some of your kids are like, you're like, don't listen. Right? He said stupid. Right? Um, but so many of us, we just don't get it, right? We, we just, we think it doesn't affect us. But it does, it does, it does. This is your daily living. And your daily living is either for him and his kingdom or, or it is literally transforming you to something else. There's two ways. <laughs> it's God's way and his way is life or it's our way. And our way is honestly extremely confusing. That's what we have here. And then work. The, the way it describes work here is that of two masters. I mean, it, it's as simple as this. When you show up, wherever you show up to work, uh, and if, if uh, you're retired, that's just putting on your bathrobe in the morning, right? Uh, it's <laughs> when you show up, it's who's your master. Because sometimes on earth, you're going to have a bad boss. But if you act as if that is the one ultimately you're working for, you're going to come probably as a bad employee unless you go, man, I have the one who created everything, is a good creator, amazing in his workmanship, and, and that's who I'm working for. So I want to be skilled in my workmanship. I want to show him in everything that I do. That's, that's the daily living, seeking first his kingdom. Clothing. <laughs> I love the advice. Just don't worry about it. Right? He's going, man, sometimes we just spend so much time. And, and he, he, Jesus gets like pretty detailed when it comes to this. This one he takes a lot longer with because it has to do with our appearance and what we're projecting to the world. And he goes, man, honestly, just look out at the flowers. They are, they are way better looking than you right now. So like you just don't try. <laughs> no. no, what he is saying is he's just going, hey, don't worry. These things can be spiritual activities. To get dressed up, to enjoy yourself, to go out with friends, whatever it is, those can be great spiritual activities. If your whole concern, though, is, is projecting this inflated view of yourself that people will like you, 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 that's bad daily living. Right? If the, all arrows are on you, <clears throat> bad daily living. Your food, he, literally, eating can be a spiritual experience. Matthew, or 1 Corinthians 10, right? Whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Man, you can just be eating that souffle or whatever you got, and you're just like, mmm, praise Jesus, right? Like, like, it can be this thing that you're, you're just, like, really enjoying. Like, you enjoy having people over and cooking something special, and, man, that can be a spiritual experience, 
unless you're obsessed with it. It's all about that. You can't stop thinking about it, right? Like, this is what Jesus is saying when he simply sums it all up with seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Is it's not how will these things be fulfilled, but it is coming to trust the person of Jesus. It's coming to to uh, magnify him, to call attention to him with what we do. And there is no way to, to satisfaction and enjoyment in your daily life than that. It's about him. After the event last night, uh, Hope Gala, you know, it's this interesting time. I, I'm very aware that um, I have a significant role to play in that, right? Uh, I'm the executive director, like I gotta give a speech. Honestly, I would be paralyzed by fear if, if I entered that night thinking it was about me, right? And a lot of it is people want to talk to me, that, right? That, all that stuff's going on. But if it was about me, I would just be a mess. I would be an anxious mess. But I go into the night, and I'm like, honestly, my whole role is, is deflecting everything to Jesus and to the work we get to do at the Coffee Oasis, and that's my hope on a Sunday morning. I had to stand up and talk to you guys. But if, if you guys leave, and I tell this to Jake and Ibrahim, everyone who, who preaches, if you guys leave and you're like, man, that guy was smart, we have really screwed up in our preaching, right? The whole point is that you would leave going, man, isn't the God we serve amazing? <laughs> you know? and, and so I don't, I'm not afraid when I come up and talk to you because it's not about me. It's not trying to sound smart. It's simply wanting, like, I want us to see Jesus together. That, that's the whole goal. So that, <laughs> that is how I try to process this, that it's, it's not about a process, it's about a person. And, and I was so pleased when some, one of my board members came up last night, and he goes, man, I've never heard the name of Jesus spoken so much at, at one of these events. It was just all over the place. Everyone who was speaking was just talking about Jesus and, and the work he is doing, which was awesome. Goal accomplished, right? Now, this is what it looked like for the Apostle Paul. He was a pretty impressive guy. Very impressive guy. He wrote 13 books in the New Testament, wrote just a lot of the Bible. But this is what he says. I've been crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live. But it is Christ who lives in me, and the life I now live, I, uh, the, the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is the life I live. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, so I will give him everything. He says, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained by the law, Christ would have died for nothing. And this was really what Ibrahim was getting at last week. Is he goes, I'm not setting aside uh, you know, the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained by the law, Christ had died for nothing. If I could have gained the law by doing something, by impressing people, I would have done that. <laughs> like, and, and if you read him in Philippians, he's incredibly impressive. He's an impressive guy because that, that was nothing. What I needed to do was, was just magnify Jesus, make, make him known. And I became the best version of myself possible, right? My daily living was aligned with eternity at that point, right? And that's what we do when we seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. So, I just brought some of the tears back there. <laughs> They're like, I repent. Okay, this is my invitation to you.
The kingdom of God includes money and eating and clothing. It includes that. These are a part of our living. These can be good things, but only when they're placed in the right order on those lists of priorities. Only when we seek first the kingdom does your life begin taking kingdom shape. When our priorities are wrongly ordered, we see this in our shopping receipts, our quality of work, our consumption of food, and every other part of our daily living. You can see it in your life. If your life is spinning out of control, it's probably because you're seeking that. You're not seeking him. Often we try to change this by trying a new budgeting app. My wife and I are famous for this. (laughs) Fad diets or some other life hack, right? These are the ways we try to cut corners. These can give the appearance of change but are ineffective in reaching the heart of our troubles. Our trouble is that we are seeking self, not seeking his kingdom. My challenge to you is to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and see what happens as your life is transformed by the presence of the king. And he influences you to take a kingdom shape in your life. Pray with me. Father, I know uh, even as we read it or we talk about it, this can be very, can almost be casual. But we know very personally how hard it is to deny ourselves. <laughs> to follow you. God, I pray that these these words will will sink into our souls. I pray that we will look at the way we spend our money and shop for clothing. We'll just look at it differently, not because those are unimportant. In a way, those actually become more important because they can be a way of enjoying the good things you have for us but it's because we're receiving those things from you, not just taking it for ourselves. Because we are thinking of eternity, not just this present moment. We are thinking of the souls walking around us and how our life can call out to them, come see Jesus is good. I pray that you will help us do that. God, help us see you. Seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. Praise in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> amen. Uh, guys, we are going to take communion together. And uh, as we do that, uh, Joe and Rachel are going to be praying for people again in the back. I think uh, Joe's recruiting some people to also do that. Um, basically, if you need to be prayed for, uh, there will be people there for you. And I encourage that. Uh, As we take communion today and remember the death and resurrection of Jesus, uh, it is always an invitation for you to bury your sin and live in forgiveness. So if something today struck you and you're like, man, I I cannot sleep without thinking about a new outfit I want to (laughs) wear. Or just something else in your life that you're like, man, I just, like these things fill my thoughts. Or like, these are the things I just look for. If, if that's in it, I, I encourage you as you take communion to bury that with Jesus and say, Jesus, I want to I live seeking you first. Um, so I invite you to do that as you take communion and enjoy uh, Jesus' life 
Uh, so as uh, if you're new here, we walk back and take communion that way.